After one season, how do we feel about that Sean Murphy trade with the way things ended? We'll discuss that trade, and I'll answer many other questions on today's mailbag episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Got a lot of off-season content coming your way over there in written form as well, as well as right here on Lockdown Braves. So make sure you're subscribed on YouTube if you're new, getting really close to 7,500 subscribers. So I appreciate the push for that. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts as well. However you listen to, watch Lockdown Braves. Thank you so much for your support, making this your first listen of each and every day. I really do appreciate it. Try to get to all the comments on YouTube. So if you got a question, comment on the show. Let's continue the discussion there. Really do appreciate it. And again, throughout the offseason, I'll do a lot of these live. So you want to join live and get your questions answered there or comment, make sure you come and do that pretty much 9 o'clock central every weekday so gonna have a lot of fun throughout this off season looking forward to getting things started the world series is underway so we're a little almost a week away from the off season really getting going and the off season especially the first couple of months in my mind are still really fun in a baseball calendar so looking forward to going through all of that with you to gear up for the journey in 2024 for the braves so make sure you're subscribed locked on braves everything you need for this off-season content we got going on Fridays. These are always going to be our mailbag episodes. So today I'm going to answer your questions on social media. And not going to lie, I did not get time to prep for some of these questions. So I'm going to be reading these straight off social media. Uh, if you're here live and you're asking some questions, I'm going to try to get to those at the end. So I'll try to get to those later. But I'm going to go through the ones on social media first. We got Rivers Teeth, Mass Boost. Jeffrey Humphreys, Lee Carter, Joe Me, Robert Bryan, uh, Nick, uh, can't say that last name, sorry, uh, Protect VR, Ariola, Joe Wild, all in here joining us on a Friday night. So much, thank you so much for being here and being part of this mailbag episode. So let's get into the questions here. In the first segment, I'm going to mostly spin on this question about Sean Murphy because Kaz Buckeyes always sends in great questions and he's right. Uh, this one might be worthy of a whole episode, but I'm going to give it a segment here, and I think it's a, a pretty big topic. I actually wrote about it on Braves today if you want to go read read about it over there. But we're talking about Sean Murphy. And uh, as Kaz Buckeye says, started off as an MVP candidate, became basically an auto out by the end. Overall numbers are still good, but it's concerning. Bill Contreras was arguably better over the entire season as well. Um and so I want to dive a little bit into this. I more so on Braves today, I focused on the two halves of the season for Sean Murphy and which one is real. And I, I want to, the first half was not sustainable. A 600 slugging percentage you knew wasn't sustainable, but you know, the, what he did in the second half and really the last two months um, is also, I don't think sustainable with the hard contact that he makes. So, I think it's closer to the first half than the second half. And one thing I looked at, I, I you know looked at all the stat cast numbers and everything, trying to figure out exactly you know what the difference was down the stretch. It's really 
a couple of things that stood out to me. One, and I talked about this during the season, I don't think the the every other day thing that uh, Brian Snicker had going with the catchers, again, especially in those last two months, was great for either one of those guys. Neither one of them hit down the stretch. And in August and September, Sean Murphy played in back-to-back days just twice. It's hard to get in a rhythm. We talk about you know the long layoff between the end of the regular season and the postseason and how that can mess up the timing of hitters. You imagine being, you know, a catcher used to playing every day and all of a sudden you're playing every other day. You know, if there's an off day in there, you might play once every three days. I I can't imagine that helped either guy. And probably coming into this season, the Braves thought, you know, we'll give Sean Murphy 100, 110 games behind the plate and then he'll probably DH, you know, 20, 25 games, you know. But Marcelo Zuna took off and he had that spot pretty much the entire year. So there weren't really opportunities to get Sean Murphy in the DH spot. So I don't think that helped him in those final two months, the way the catcher position was handled. But there were the other thing that stood out to me too, is that he crushed fastballs in the first half, absolutely demolished fastballs. And that wasn't the case down the stretch. And he also saw less four seam fastballs. So I don't know if that was pitchers adjusting to him, throwing him fewer fastballs. He actually got more sinkers in the second and half, which could, you know, contribute to the high ground ball rate that he had. Uh, but those were two things that stuck out to me just from the, the halves that I saw with Sean, Sean Murphy, the inconsistent playing time, not being on the forcing fastball when he did get one, which again could be contributed to not playing as much. Uh, and then, you know, the ground ball rate. He still hit the ball pretty hard, although his hard hit percentage, his launch angle, that all decreased in the second half. So it's just the, the contact was off a little bit. Um, so uh, definitely there was some telling off at the end, but again, he had three and a half, you know, really good months. And then the last two months again, where he wasn't getting consistent playing time is where he really, really struggled. And even you go to his, his September and it wasn't terrible. I mean, it was still a, a, a three forty uh, on base percentage and a four forty slugging percentage. I mean, that's a, that's a good month for a lot of players. So it's really that just September where he was just awful. Um, but I still believe it's more towards the first half Murphy than the second half Murphy. Now, just looking at the trade really quickly, the Braves traded William Contreras, Manny Pena, Kyle Muller, Freddie Tarnock, Roy Versalinas, and Justin Yeager for Sean Murphy. I feel, I still think it's wild that the Brewers got Contreras. They also got Joel Piamps from Oakland in that deal, and he was great for them out of the bullpen this year, and they got Yeager from the Braves. I mean, they've won that trade. <laughs> I mean, with Contreras and Piams in that deal right right away. Then the Braves signed Murphy to a six-year contract worth $73 million. At the time, it felt like a strategic move to upgrade defensively at the catcher position. And you look at what happened this season. Murphy finished with a fielding run value of 14 with Contreras at eight. Both were top five defensively, according to baseball savants, run, uh, fielding run value. They both got the same grade for framing while Murphy was a bit better blocking and throwing as well. He's got that big arm, cannon of an arm behind the plate. Fangraph's metrics for defense actually like Contreras a little bit better. Either way you want to look at it, Contreras improved a lot defensively, and the Brewers have been known for doing that with catchers. So, I mean, that's somewhat a wash. You can give the edge to Murphy in that regard, and then offensively, it's pretty even as well. So you look at these two players, they are both pretty even 
uh, you know, overall in 2023, Braves are paying big money to Sean Murphy and William Contreras is still under, you know, I think he's still pre-arb. Um, so, you know, difference in money there. You look at the two stat lines, Murphy in 2023, 108 games slash 251, 365, 478. That's an 843 OPS with 21 home runs, a 22.4% K rate and 11.2% walk rate. Really good overall numbers, especially for, you know, a catcher. Contreras played in 141 games, and there's a big difference there. He got 33 games at DH, where, like I said, Murphy hardly got any games at DH because Ozuna was in that spot. And I saw somebody talking about his Ozuna coming back. He is under contract for another year at $16 million, so I think he'll definitely be back and be in that DH spot. But I think you got to find ways to get Murphy's bat in the lineup more consistently and give him those consistent at-bats. But going back to Contreras' this season, 141 games slash 289, so a big difference there in average. 367, the on-base percentage is pretty much identical, and then a 457 slug, so Murphy gets the edge there, and an 824 OPS for Contreras, 17 home runs, 20.6% walk rate, 10.3%. Uh, sorry, 20.6% K rate, 10.3% walk rate. So like I said, very similar seasons for both of these guys. A little bit more power from Murphy and far fewer games, a little bit better batting average from William Contreras. So it was a wash in year one. We'll see how things pan out and whether or not Contreras continues to be that good defensively behind the plate. If he is, then I can think you, I think you can legitimately argue that this trade was a mistake and the sign because you had a guy who could give you pretty much similar value and do so for a lot less. So again, we'll, we got to see more years and how things play out. But if you're just going based off this year and you know, the other prospects prospects, the Braves gave up, I don't think it's anybody that's going to come back and hurt you. But just when you look at the fact that both of these catchers were good defensively, both of them were good offensively. I mean, the Braves still got a good player in this, but you look at the fact that they were both good on both sides and you could have been playing, paying William Contreras a lot less money. It kind of looks like, you know, a bad deal for the Braves, but I'm not ready to put that on it just yet. We got to see, you know, a little bit more. I mean, Contreras at the all-star break, you know, obviously an all-star starter. He looked like the best catcher in all of baseball. So certainly possible and capable of getting back to that. I can't necessarily pinpoint the reasons for the second half struggles, other than the few things that I mentioned, not being able to get on the fastball and the inconsistent playing time. Uh, and just, you know, the, the contact, the, the quality of contact he had in the second half was just not anywhere near what he was doing in the first half. But yes, as Glenn arena says, it's still too early to judge this deal overall, but in year one, I think you can say it was pretty much a wash, um, but or you could call it a negative if you want because the Braves had to pay Sean Murphy a lot more, but the two players, in terms of the two players' output, it's pretty much a wash. So uh, that was a long answer to one question that we had. I'm going to try to get to all the others here. We'll do that after the break. A lot of uncertainty, unrest in the world today from the Middle East, uh, fires, hurricanes, earthquakes, tornadoes, and more going on. That's why it's so important 
to be prepared for when these disasters strike. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace is continually working to expand your medication offerings. I got my Jace case in the mail. I went through the process, filled out the form. It was super Super simple. I didn't have to talk to anybody. You might have to talk to one of their licensed physicians. If you do, I promise you it'll they'll make it as easy as possible for you. You get that Jace case in the mail and you feel much better for when possible disaster strikes. So make sure that you go on and get yourself a Jace case as well. Go to Jace case, jacemedical.com. Enter promo code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on at JASE Medical. Dot com. You can also purchase gift cards for family members and loved ones to make sure that they are prepared for when disaster strikes as well. Watching the World Series right now and the uh, Diamondbacks up five uh, to three at the moment. If you want to continue to listen to all the postseason action, you can do so over on SiriusXM with the SXM app. All right, jumping back into the rest of these questions here. Uh, Leland Hurt says, while I'm not giving up on Soroka, there seems to be a lot of people who want to let him go. I disagree. He could be a valuable asset. It definitely would be a chance, but potential benefit outweighs the risk. Given the injuries over the past two years, he might be willing to take less. I think if Soroka's coming back, I think you have to restructure the deal. Um, you can't really restructure you know, arbitration deals, but I think you non-tender him and maybe work out uh, a minor league deal with some incentives. I think that is the best case scenario for Soroka because he is out of options now and you can't guarantee that he's going to be healthy. You can't guarantee he's going to make the rotation out of spring training. I think Soroka's best bet to stay with the Braves is to come back on a, on a minor league type deal. And like I said the other day, he may want to just go to another team, get a fresh start where he knows he can pitch in the rotation, has a better chance of, earning a rotation spot and sticking in there. But I don't want to give up on him either. But even I am starting to lose a little bit of hope that not necessarily that he can't get back to where he was, but just the injuries. Again, it's not just the Achilles for me. It's the shoulder. And now you got the forearm issues going on. It's just, unfortunately, it's an injury build career for Michael Soroka. Uh, Leland also said, well, I'm not necessarily in favor of returning Morton just for the sake of discussion, if he doesn't return, who do the Braves go after for the third pitcher in the rotation with Strider and Freed? And if he does return, what secondary pitcher would you target for AA? Pitching is key. Uh, we talked about this a lot on the podcast the other day. I talked about Charlie Morton and whether or not they should pick up that uh, contract option. You want to go back and give that a listen. But I, I said I would prefer if they don't bring Charlie Morton back that you go out and try to get two guys like a Lucas Giolito and uh, maybe a Luis Severino or something like that, get two, you know, quality depth arms, maybe some guys that have a little bit of upside looking to bounce back. I wouldn't spend it all on a on a Nola or a Blake Snell. Um, although if you were going to and you had to pick between the two, I would actually go with Blake Snell. I think he's been the more consistent one, but I just think it's risky giving that much money. You're talking about 150, 200 million dollar contract to a starting pitcher. That's just Way too risky for me. So if it's up to me and Morton doesn't come back, I would spread that money out over a couple of quality starters. Even if Morton does come back, I'd look to go out and get one of those guys, you know, for maybe 10, 12 million a year on a short two, three year deal 
just to add some depth to the rotation. So that's how I would handle it. Jordan Griffiths, Griffey says, should the Braves pursue some high-velocity bullpen options? If so, who? I definitely think they should. I don't, I don't necessarily know who's out there on the free agent market. Um, you know, obviously you have your Josh, uh, Josh haters of the world. I don't know why his name was blanking, uh, for a moment, but you got your Josh haters. I don't think the Braves are going to pay that price tag. I mean, you have Craig Kimbrell, I guess he still is up there in velocity. I mean, uh, Renato Lopez is one I kind of have circled, um, you know, never really figured it out with the White Sox, went to the, went to the Guardians and had a good run at the end of the year. He's somebody with high velocity. Obviously, a role as Chapman's out there. He has the highest of high velocities. So there are some guys out there just scrolling through the list. Joe Kelly's another one. Um, they have a club option on him, but uh, if he came out, Jordan Hicks um, is, is available, has high velocity. So there's some options out there. Those are a few. Again, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to go in the hater market. Um, you know, so you look at you look at a Kimbrel, you look at a um, a guy like Joe Kelly or a guy like Jordan Hicks. If Joe Kelly is available, they might pick up that nine point five million dollar team option. So again, just quickly scrolling through some of the relievers, those are some that stick out uh, that might you know make sense for high velocity guys. Hopefully, Dazewell Hernandez is one of those as well if he can figure it out. Large Lar, I think Ian Anderson is being overlooked for the upcoming season, bearing any setbacks. He had the injury in what, spring training? So it's a 12 to 18 month recovery process. So best case scenario, he's ready by, you know, late April, early May, sometime in May. I mean, it's possible, but I, I just, I wouldn't count on it. And Look, even before the injuries, Ian Anderson was having his struggles, had been demoted to AAA. So, I mean, there's just no guarantee that he's going to come back from Tommy John after being out a year. All of a sudden, a guy who's never really had command just all of a sudden finds command. I think that's a, a big ask for me. Uh, and I think that that would be a lot to hope for. Um, Mass boost. We need Will Smith back so the Braves can make it back to the World Series. Yeah, apparently you need Will Smith. Uh, to get to the World Series. That is the key. Uh, so we'll see if they make that happen or not. Uh, Mark Knapp says, hey, Jake, I'm an everyday listener. Appreciate your thoughts and opinions. My question is, who are the available high-velocity lefty pitchers available for the Braves to pursue, whether they acquire one or two middle rotation starters? I think one needs to be a power lefty. Um, okay, I, I thought you were talking about relievers, but you're talking about just starters in general. I wish I would have kept the free agent list up. But as far as... Um, as far as relievers go, I mean, Chapman's going to be there. You're also hopefully are going to get Matzik back. But again, just like I said with Anderson, can't really count on him to just come back and be the Matzik of old. And he is somebody that, you know, took step back before the injury. Um, so you can't just count on that. Um, as far as other lefties out there, starting pitchers that will be out there on the market, Clayton Kershaw, He's not a high-velocity guy. Neither is, is Blake Snell. Um, neither is Jordan Montgomery, really Eduardo Rodriguez either. So there's not a lot of high-velocity lefty starters out there. You can find some lefty relievers, but I don't know about lefty starters. Carter S. what's the odds the Braves go out this offseason to make a similar Sean Murphy-like trade for left field? Maybe Jared Kelnick. He's young and can probably hold down the spot for the foreseeable future. I think that's ideal. Um, 
again, we'll see what happens if they pick up the option for Rosario. That's going to tell us a lot about what their plans are for left field this offseason. If they pick up the Rosario option, they're probably just going to find a platoon bat. If something were to fall into, you know, Alex's lap, I think he's definitely going to, um, you know, pursue it. And obviously, depending on the cost, the Braves don't have a lot of trade capital prospect wise, but I, I would. I already said, as uh, looks like the Rangers almost tied it up, Nathaniel Lowe uh, flying out to the warning track there. Um, I, I've already said I'd go to the Orioles and I would, you know, see if I could get Heston Kerstad, Colton Kowser. See if I get one of their prospects that log jam they have in the outfield. Like, I'd even see if maybe they were willing to part with a veteran like Cedric Mullins um, and stick him out in left field. So I think there are some options on the trade market more so than the free agent market. Um, but again, that's going to cost you prospects. Uh, and the Braves just don't have a lot of those right now to, to give away, um, you know, that could, they could beat out other contending teams. Um, couple here from Brent wannabe. Uh, does Michael Harris need a platoon partner? He looked super uncomfortable in the Phillies series. No, uh, he's playing every day. Uh, also said, would you bring back Luke Jackson for the bullpen? I don't think so. I, I think Pierce Johnson kind of handles that righty role. If you want another righty for the back end, then maybe. Um, I think they certainly could look at bringing back Joe Jimenez. I think I might rather have. Joe Jimenez at this point, I wouldn't hate Luke Jackson. Um, I don't hate Luke Jackson. I love Luke Jackson. Um, I wouldn't hate, hate him on a, you know, a small deal. I don't know if he's still under contract or not with the giants trying to look that up right now, but uh, you know, I saw him a couple times this year and the stuff still looked good. He still has that wipeout slider had a, a one point or no, sorry, a 2.97 ERA this year at 33 and a third innings, a 1.23 whip though is not great but 11.6 K per nine, 4.1 walk per nine, not great either. So I think it's an option. Giants have a, uh, he is under contract with the Giants, so he's not a free agent anyway. The Braves would have to trade for him. So that's kind of moot. If Marcus Stroman becomes a free agent, would he be a good target for the rotation? Salary comparable to Morton and brings an edge to the team. He definitely would bring an edge. I mean, I think he would be a fine starting pitcher. Uh, I would have questions about how that fits in the clubhouse, but uh, certainly, you know, was a uh, coming off a really good year. I think he might be a little overpriced for what I think he ultimately will be. Um, but I wouldn't hate it, obviously, depending on the price. But uh, I think he would bring some fire to the team for sure. Again, you wonder how that kind of. Uh, fits into the clubhouse the Braves have now. But you look at the expected stats for, for Stroman. He had a 3.95 ERA. His expected ERA is 4.17. A lot of blue on his baseball savant page. He did get a lot of ground balls, though. Um, but again, I wouldn't I wouldn't pay too much for him. I wouldn't pay I wouldn't pay more than 15 million a year for two or three years with Stroman and he may get more than that in this offseason. But Again, I think it's an option. It probably wouldn't be my top option. All right, those are the questions from social media. I'll take another break. I want to get to some of the questions, comments that we have in the chat section. So if you have a comment or a question, uh, go ahead and be inserting those now, and I'll get to those after this break. Big holidays mean big family get-togethers, but you don't have to spend all that money on the Thanksgiving spread without getting something in return. With Ibotta, you can get your turkey and all your favorite sides for free. 
Starting November 1st, for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything that you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipts. My wife does it all the time. She's basically addicted to it at this point, and it helps. It gets some cash back, and you can spend on other things. You can spend them on Braves tickets if you like. Uh, Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care, pantry goods. You can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. You also get cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers like Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Download the Ibotta app now and use code MLB to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code MLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in Google App or App Store and use code MLB. All right, the World Series is underway right now. 5-3 in the bottom of the six with the Rangers threatening. You can catch every pitch of the of the postseason with SiriusXM on the SXM app. All right, looking into the comment section over here, Rodney says, you think Grissom starts at shortstop next year? I think it's Arcia's job to lose, and I think it'll be Arcia's job coming into the season. If it's more like second half Arcia, I see Grissom getting an opportunity. Uh, Glenn Arena said, I saw a rumor about a Rose Arena. You think he'd be a good fit for left field? I think he would be. I don't think the Rays are trading him, and if they do, I don't think the, the Braves are going to be able to afford the prospect capital for him. Um, Antonio Baker, you need a bench player that has that fire for this team. Uh, certainly think so. Kevin Pillar was great. He was a, a leader, but maybe not a, a fiery type of guy. I don't know. wasn't in the clubhouse, but um, I, I wouldn't mind them getting a, a fiery player like that. Jeffrey Humphrey says, how's Matzik now? All indications he should be ready to go for spring training. So certainly hope that is the case. Frankie Torres, Jake, uh, if the Braves have a quiet offseason, could it be possibly approach Freed aggressively, or do you think they plan on moving on from Freed? Um, I, I've said for a while now, I think Freed is gone after 2024. I think he's going to hit free agency, hit the open market, and I think he's going to get a big deal somewhere else. I just, we haven't seen Alex Anthopoulos give big money and a long contract to starting pitchers. The only ones he's he's done is Spencer Strider, and that was basically buying out Strider's arb years and maybe a free agent year or two. So Max Fried is a um, a union guy as well, part of the players' union, or he is the player players' union rep for the Braves. So those guys typically aren't going to take a discount, and if you're not going to take a discount, you're probably not going to get an extension with the Braves. Alex is not going to overpay, and I think you're going to have to spend 26, 27, maybe 28 million a year to get Max Freed, even after coming off an injured season like he had. So it's just hard for me to envision Alex Anthopoulos giving a six-year contract for 26, 27, 28 million a year to a starting pitcher going into his 30s. It's just, it's not generally good business Regardless, even though I like Max Freed, uh, and I, I, I think he'll have some good years, but you just never know with pitchers. So I'd say enjoy the 2024 season. I think he's probably gone after that. Chuck McMillan, where do you see our payroll at next year? Will we stay above the threshold? 
It's a good question. Um, the more consecutive years, obviously, you're above the tax threshold, the, sh the harsher the penalties become. And you really don't want to go three years in a row. You've already done it this year. So you can do it a second year, and it's still not that bad. So I, I got to think they probably go over that threshold again, and then maybe the following offseason look to get back under and reset that. But Braves got money. They got money to spend. Uh, they spent a lot of money this past year. They're not just going to go out and spend money to spend money because they have it. Alex is going to try to do it smart as he always does, but uh, they've shown they're willing to to go over that tax threshold. You know, you you don't want to you don't want to get to the point you're losing draft picks because this farm system is already pretty thin. Um, so you really don't want to be going that far over, which I believe is forty million over the threshold where you start losing draft picks. So I think that's where you really do want to be careful more so than the money part of it the tax part of it in my mind it's and obviously i'm a fan so i don't it's not my money but losing the draft picks is where it really starts to hurt and it's not really losing the draft picks it's getting your first pick you know pushed back but that's where it really starts to to hurt a little bit uh yeah glenn i think Freed is done as the braves uh little e the difference between atlanta philadelphia and arizona philadelphia series is that arizona had uh fat and atlanta had <laughs> I'm not going to say that, but that's pretty funny. Yes, the Braves didn't have a third starter. Matt Karcher, what about just putting Nicky Lopez as the starting shortstop? We can sacri sacrifice the offense there and bulk up left field and the rotation. I mean, that's an option. Um, I think you do that, and fans are not going to love seeing Nicky Lopez hit 215. Uh, and as good as the defense might be, uh, fans are probably going to want a little bit more offense there. Uh, but it's certainly a, a possibility. Matthew Brittingham says, what should we expect from Enoa at the major league level next season? Anything? I think you see him for sure. I think he'll be, you know, his innings will be limited. I think you'll see him make some starts here or there. But I ultimately, and I always ultimately thought he would end up in a bullpen role. Uh, man, what a great play by Marcus Simeon. Um, I've always kind of thought Enoa would end up in a bullpen role with a fastball slider. I could see him becoming a big piece in the bullpen. Uh, maybe later in the year. And I think if if you get any type of impact from Enoa this year, I think that's where it comes. It's in the bullpen and not as a starter. Um, Rodney White tried Jackie Bradley Jr. in left field. I, I don't know if Jackie Jr.'s even still playing anymore, but he is a good glove. Um, Matt Kircher, my point in trading Arcia, he doesn't impress me in the playoffs. Don't like his mentality. I don't love the way that he handled everything. I thought it was unfair the way that he was treated after, you know, what happened. Uh, he did it to himself. He didn't really, you know, own up to it and then handled it poorly afterwards. But, you know, everything I hear about RC and C is that he's a great guy in the clubhouse. I think he just, he let things get to him a little bit in the postseason. but he's a fine player. Certainly at that price point, you know, if the Braves were to keep him, certainly wouldn't, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Protect PR, Freed will have a banner season next year. Yes, he probably will. And then he's going to go in the offseason and make a lot of money. Uh, would the Braves be better off keeping Lopez at $4 million? $4 million is a lot. I said this yesterday. $4 million is a lot for a defensive first bench player uh, when you could probably get similar production out of Braden Shoemake um, for a lot less. Um, but I, I think they do keep him. I, I do think that defensive glove is valuable to have around. Uh, so they probably do keep him. 
All right, I think that's the end of the questions. If I didn't get to yours, I do apologize. Put it down in the comments section below on YouTube as always, and I'll try to get to those there. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on a Friday night. If you're here with me live or you're watching the replay, thank you so much for your support of Locked On Braves. But that would do it for this episode. Make sure that you subscribe to Locked On Braves on YouTube. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media at shortstopball and at lockdown underscore Braves. And we will. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 